New Photic Realm announcement. Uh, submission windows for upcoming issues. Issue 10, the theme is justice. That's hard-boiled fiction with a supernatural twist. The deadline for that will be April 1st, 2020. Issue 11, the theme is kaiju. Giant monsters terrorizing civilization. Deadline will be October 1st, 2020 for those stories. Issue 12, the theme is lycanthropy, which is, of course, self-explanatory. Um, it can be any type of animorph with a bloody twist. Uh, so I guess that's werewolves and Jesus, giant, I don't know. What do people turn into? Seals? I've just got a little seal on my desk, so I thought of that. I don't know. You have to be more imaginative than I just was. Uh, but the deadline for lycanthropy, January 1st, 2021. Good luck to everyone submitting. I wrote this thing. I hope you like it. Let's talk about it, yeah. Let's lose track. Losing the plot podcast. Losing the plot podcast. Losing the plot podcast. Talking to Leo My guest this episode is Philip Lopresti, the author most recently of The Things We Bury, out now with uh, Nihilism Revised. Uh, we had a great chat and I really appreciated uh, the chance to learn more about what inspired uh, this work out of Phil. Um, if you are a reader, writer, editor, any kind of creative who wants to be on the show, if you want to tell me anything about the show, you can always get in touch with me using losingtheplotpodcast at gmail.com and I look forward to hearing from you. But that's all my intro chat, so here is uh, my chat with Phil. What what time is it where you are? It is currently three in the afternoon. Three in the afternoon. Where Where is it that you are? I'm in New York. I'm upstate New York. <clears throat> cool. Is that, uh, is that where you're from? I'm originally from um, Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I live about two hours from New York City where I currently am. That's pretty cool. What do you what do you do in New York City? Um, I mean I, I what what do I do in New York City? I don't do anything there. I don't I don't I don't go back there very very much anymore. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I'm upstate. So. Very rural here. Mm-hmm. Are you um are you indoors as much as everyone else at the moment? I am not, unfortunately. Okay. My, yeah, my job is, I guess, deemed essential. So I'm out. I work all week. And so it's nothing's changed for me much. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sort of jealous of everyone. I see everyone posting off Facebook all the things they're getting to do while they're not working. But <laughs> yeah. all the writing they're getting done or all the binge watching they're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's oh true. God. I am, um, so, I'm, I'm, I'm working from home these days, and I just, uh, some people are like, "Oh, Leo, is your, um, is your video not working?" I'm like, "Do you want to look at me in my pajamas?" No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 
what kind of an idiot would not be wearing pajamas all day now that they've been given the chance you know what's exactly, up with you guys yeah so. it's like it's like war now it's like oh just stay in your pajamas don't leave the house <laughs> yeah exactly i like i wake up about two minutes before i'm supposed to be at work and then i just open my laptop that sounds so great though i yeah. mean i mean it's good because i know there's a lot of people i know personally that have, like um they can't work from home so like their jobs are just not they're just they're just not working so they're not making money mm-hmm. so so i mean fortunately i I'm still working, so I mean, because you need money to live. But yeah, at the same time, I'm like, shit, man. I could, I could be like working on so much writing, or you know, reading, catching up on reading. Or, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there will be a lot of writers at home doing nothing. You know, I mean. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they'll look back when it's all said and done, you know, when it's all over, they'll be like, you know, I should have, I should have been writing that whole time. Yeah. <laughs> are, are you working on something at the moment? Uh, I am. Mm-hmm. I am. Uh, I'm up and I'm up. I work, I, I do like maintenance work for, for a, a gated community um, of, I mean, they're rich. So um, I'm up every day at five just to write before I can go to work. Wow. So um yeah, I write every morning usually. Mm-hmm. So and I'm currently working on a, a new a new novella. So, a new novella um, thing. Yeah. So um but yeah I'm just like like oh, all the all all the extra time I could have writing, but I'm still up at five doing my doing the writing thing. I usually write for about an hour before I Start getting ready to go to work, and then, then I do the work thing, and then I come home, and sometimes I'll edit uh, what I wrote the morning that morning, or so. Mm-hmm. It's going, it's going a little slow right now, but I'm I'm almost at the midway point with it. Uh huh. So hopefully, once usually when I get to the midway point of something, it's that's when I can usually it starts to take off for me. Yeah. It usually takes a while for me to get my footing when writing uh like a story so yeah definitely i feel like um if you you once you put in all the work setting up the world and the the premises and everything then the rest just kind of falls out somehow so, yeah. exactly yeah and that's where i'm at right now i'm almost there so hopefully once i get to that midway point it'll just kind of start writing itself it's like you said it's setting it up that's that can be the hard you know the hardest part yeah so. yeah yeah for sure um, but The Things We Bury was your last release? Yes, that's the newest one. It just came out February. It actually came out uh, Valentine's Day. Oh, Valentine's Day, okay. Yeah. So. It's uh, <laughs> the kind of gift you give uh, a loved one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought it was kind of funny. Stephen, uh, Stephen Burke, of, uh, obviously Nihilism, Nihilism Revised, he, uh, he actually um, suggested that we release it Oh, no, which I thought was kind of funny because it's not, I mean, it, it's a love story in, in a sense, but it's not, not a happy one. So hmm. <laughs> It's the, the underbelly of love, right? It's like the, the price you pay for love, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was, I thought that was kind of a, kind of a, a, a sick kind of joke. Like, oh, let's, let's put on Valentine's. And I'm like, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminds me like, um, 
uh, I worked in the shop once in Glasgow. I'm from Glasgow in Scotland, and um, this like old couple would always come in together and just like look at all the clothes together. And then my manager said like, "Oh, I'm telling you, like when one of them dies, the other one will die soon afterwards." And like <laughs> that was like a Glaswegian way of saying, "Wow, they're really in love, aren't they?" <laughs> wow. <laughs> So I think like your novella I'm trying to say was like in the language of love that I'm very familiar with. <laughs> well, that's I mean I, I mean I guess it's good that you understood it, but I don't know if that's good that you understood it. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I see your point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was. I mean, the the, the, the that particular book came from a lot of. Uh, last year was just not a good year for me at all. So mm. it it was all it all came from from all the stuff that was going on. And like at the beginning of um at the beginning of last year, my relationship with uh, a woman who I'd been with for like eight and a half years ended. So mm. that was like that was like the the dumping off point for the book, mm-hmm. and then. Two months later, my best friend's four-year-old daughter passed. Oh. So, yeah. So there was a lot of, yeah, last year just was not good. Hmm. So, so that really, that's, that's kind of like how I dealt with it was writing that story. Yeah. So it has a lot to do with just, I mean, just loss in general. So. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I feel like, um, Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I relate to this character and this premise and everything, because then I think, um, you know, if you're, if you're enjoying life, you're just, you're lucky you haven't had to see just how chaotic it is and how, um, mm-hmm. how cruel it, fucking, yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say how fucking cruel it can be. Yeah, yeah. See, it, it would be cruel if it was deliberate, but it, 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 it isn't even like there's any, that's a good point. Recompense, yeah. you know. Yeah, that is a good point. It's just, yeah, I, I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody just, does. I mean, sometimes it's just, yeah, you, you you look at things and you're like, some people just get shitty hands dealt to them and shit happens. And like you said, it's not really intentional. It's just the way it is sometimes. Yeah. It's, but um, yeah. So the whole. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. I took it into a dark area. <laughs> I, well, I I knew it was going there. I um I've actually got a question here. It says you've had not a good time lately. <laughs> so no 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 yeah last yeah last year was probably like you know probably like the worst year I've ever had. It's just it was just one thing after the next. You know, it's like had it been just like I mean I mean it's bad enough when you when you're in a relationship with someone for a significant amount of time and it ends. That's bad enough. You know. Mm-hmm. And then, and then to have to deal with something like that, you know, two months later, especially in, it involves a child, and it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. How so, much is you know, and some other things went on too that I won't go into, but you know, it's just it was just one thing after the next. But the thing that I mean, I think the thing that saved me was the writing of that novella, because so. mm-hmm. it was just like just the whole time, like everything that happened was like okay i'm just gonna i just tried to focus on writing that so it really kept me like just it kept me going mm-hmm. as opposed to just you know some people they don't have anything that keeps them focused so no so, i i can definitely was, understand that mm. 
I was lucky, lucky in that respect. So, plus I, I have, um, you know, I, I was diagnosed with depression when I was a teenager. So I deal with all that to begin with negative thoughts and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So when, you know, stuff like that, when stuff like this happens, it's like, ah, am I going to be able to do this? Yeah. (laughs) going to be able to deal with this and get up every morning. And, but you know, here I am. (laughs) And what, okay. So writing's getting you through. Is anything else getting you through? Um, mostly the writing, my, my dog, <laughs> I know that sounds like such a corny answer, but, um, the, the, the woman that I had split were split from, we actually had just gotten a dog like a few months prior to us splitting. So um, yeah, him and, uh, that's bad. I mean, really that's it. Mm-hmm. In, uh, actually India, you talked to India. Yeah. Yeah, she, her and I have become really close, so she, she was a big help. How did you, how did you both meet? We met just through Facebook. We were just in the same, kind of running in the same writing circle. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I couldn't even really tell you how we just started talking. It was, we struck up a conversation and it's just, we had, you know, we found out we had a lot in common, mm-hmm. so. But, um, yeah, she helped me a lot. It was, you know, it's always good to have someone to, to bitch and complain to. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of things do you have in common? Uh, just like, uh, I mean, a lot. Just our outlooks and on, on, a lot, on, on various topics. But just, yeah, the way we see things. You're both, uh, you're both poets? Uh, yeah, yep. We both write poetry. Yep. Um, yeah, it was just like various, like I said, various topics, like everything down to like, I mean, we, we think the same when it comes to just stuff like religion. It's just like, it's, it's bizarre sometimes when you meet someone that's like, you're that in tune with. Mm-hmm. So, but she was, yeah, she was a big help just having someone to be able to talk to that kind of seemed to understand where I was coming from. Yeah, um, no, I've I've always really appreciated India like, since the beginning. She's been a huge supporter of the podcast, and um, I've enjoyed reading her poetry. And uh, yeah, oh, yeah, she's, I mean, yeah, she's a great writer. I I, I push her to write more because I don't think she writes enough. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I just appreciate how open she is as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the things that um, I love about about her writing in particular is just like that openness that's so raw. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I mean, for me, I mean, I, I can't say, you know, I haven't read every female poet, but there's, I, I don't, there's not many female poets that I've come across that are that open and raw with mm-hmm. their, with their writing. So. Yeah. Um, how about your own, like, how did you start writing? Did you start with poetry? How long have you been doing it for? Oh, I've been doing it since I was a kid. I actually started writing poetry when I was really young, before I even started writing fiction. Um, I used to write poems like I was like eight or nine. I, I, my mother always tells the story um, when she asked me, I was probably about eight when she asked me what I wanted to do when I told her I wanted to be a poet. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, I probably didn't really know what a poet even meant. Mm-hmm. I just knew it had something to do with words. <laughs> So, so I've been, I've been writing for a long, 
a long time, but I didn't really start taking taking it serious until probably the last few years. Did anything make you want to start taking it seriously? Um, well, I mean, I think everyone that's everyone that's creative always has has a, a sort of a, you know like a, a dream to be able to do it to an extent, you know, like, oh, I wish I could do this as a living or, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of any single moment, but it was just, I think it was just, as I got older, it was just like, I should just, if I, if I like it enough, I should really just start keeping it ser more serious. Mm -hmm. So I can't think of, I can't think back of any single moment that like sparked it. Like, oh, I need, you know, I need to, start taking it more seriously. I think I just arrived at it more like in a natural way. Mm -hmm. Um how about your depression? Like how long have you lived with it for? Um I would say I was I was diagnosed when I was about 14, 15. I'm 38 now, so mm -hmm. um, you know a bit. <laughs> And, um, yeah, and, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things, too, where it's like, I'll, I'll go on medication or I'll start therapy, but then, like, a couple of years later, I'll, I'll just, I'll stop going to therapy or I'll stop my medication, I, you know, which is partly my fault. So, hmm. um, so yeah, I've always, it, there's always been ups and downs with it. So, um, I'm glad you said lived with it actually I, I wanted to bring that up right you said lived with depression because one of the things that bothers me is when people like suffer from it that 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 i don't know it just bothers me when people say that it's like we always want to play the victim kind of mm. thing so because i prefer to say i live with it not suffer from it yeah so i yeah i just i heard you say that so i don't know just interesting um I don't know if it was sorry. Oh, go on, sorry. Uh, I don't know if it was deliberate on my part. I just happened to say that, but the way that you the way that you phrase it makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, no, I well the thing is, like I mean everyone everyone with a with a with a mental problem. I mean we all play at some point, you mm, know. Yeah. Some more than others. And um I I spent I spent years just playing the victim, like woe is me, like oh, I can't do this because of that, or I can't do that because of this. And you make excuse after excuse. And it's just, you know, I got to a point, I mean, really relatively just recently, I got to a point where I was like, I need to stop doing this because it's not doing me any good. You know, I mean, it's probably one of the reasons that my eight and a half year relationship failed. Mm -hmm. And I, you got to stand up and take responsibility. And, um, but it, there's just so many people that just weren't willing to, take the responsibility and that's where i am at really like in my personal life right now so yeah it's just you gotta take you got you at some point you have to take responsibility you can't just play the victim all the time um yeah but i think that uh as long as you're you're not like adding adding to the cruelty of depression right because it's the depression mm. itself which is keeping itself alive by telling you to act in a certain way oh of course um so it's not like you're it's not like it's entirely your response right it's it's i, I, I mean i don't know 
Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the thing. It's really it. I mean, it, it's a hard, it's like a balancing act. It's like, you know, like, because you want to, you want to say like, but the, I mean, that's the thing though. You want to blame, you want to say this isn't me. It's the depression. But at the same time, it's up to you to like beat it into submission in a sense. Hmm. And it's hard. Yeah. I mean, like, it, I mean, even now, like I'm doing, I'm doing a lot better than I have been, but it's still every, you know, like, um, I woke up this morning even and was kind of feeling in a, in a bad mental case. And I actually thought of you and I was like, oh man, I hope by the time we do this, <laughs> this call, I'm going to be a little bit better at least. And I kind of talked myself into a better space. Oh, cool. Well, I, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I mean, and that's the thing. I couldn't easily, well, I was part of it too. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be like, yeah, 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 we'll do it. We'll do it. And then when it comes down to it, I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't, you know, I don't want to be that flaky. But I could easily let it consume me. Hmm. I would have, I would have understood. No, I would have been bothered. I mean, I, you know what it is? And it wasn't even that I didn't, I wasn't didn't think that you wouldn't or i mean i i didn't know obviously i don't really know you so hmm. but it's just one of those things for from a personal standpoint it's like i don't want to do that and but i'm glad i got you know i i'm glad i talked myself into it because because i could easily let it consume me and then it would have been a whole other thing it wouldn't have just been not taking the call or you know doing the interview with you or hmm. it, the whole day would have been shot yeah yeah i see your point yeah okay so it yeah it was like one a reason to cling on to 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 get to get out of the the mood yeah. or whatever but how are you doing like generally do you feel like you're recovering from grief so i mean yeah of course still yeah mm -hmm. are you doing better oh uh, yeah yeah i'm doing a lot better mm -hmm. a lot better than i was last year that's for sure Mm -hmm. I mean, there was moments there where I didn't even think I was gonna like seriously. I just not to get over dramatic, mm -hmm. but I seriously didn't think I was gonna I was gonna make it. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, close, from, you know, close to taking that, you know, the big leap, as as they say, because mm -hmm. it's you know your whole. Especially, I mean, it sounds like ridiculous, but it's especially in regards to the to my friend's daughter who passed. It was just like, the whole world is flipped upside down, you know? Yeah. It's like, how the hell, what, you, what do you even do with that information? When I, and when I got the call, it was like, you don't even know where to put it. Hmm. So, and then coupled on, like I said, coupled on top of the, the other stuff with the relationship, it's just, your whole world is just literally my whole world just felt like it was literally just flipped upside down in a matter of months. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there there's a reason that these expressions are so common is because you know, or yeah. when 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 you say them about your own life, you're like, oh, I, I get why people say that now. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, like you say, it happens, and you're like, oh, yeah, I, I get it now. Yeah. But also, yeah. like, um, I mean, I, I didn't have the best 2019 myself. 
Um, but you're also just like, wait, so this is this happens to people? Why? Why do this? Why do life? Like yeah. <laughs> what? No, that's, I mean, that's 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 exactly what it comes down to, especially when you're in, put in that like situation. You're like, what? Why am I here? What is going on? Yeah. And uh, and like like I said, like we said before, I mean, and then and then when you already when you add an already existing like mental problem to it, it's like yeah. But these oh, th- these things always seem to come at once as well. I don't know why. They what? I'm sorry. But... Like. All, all these, all these tragic events—they always come at once. I don't really know why. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, it's it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like how do I navigate this now? That was my big concern when everything went after everything was said and done. I was like, "Well, like, how do I navigate through this?" Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, like you say, it's just <laughs> like these things. These things happen to you, or you receive these burdens, and then it's like, right, okay. I need to recover from it. How do I do that? Well, don't um, don't think of yourself as a victim, like you say is a great idea. And you're like, really, I'm not allowed yeah. to think of myself as a victim in this scenario. That's a bit much. I know. Well, well, that's the thing. You know, you, when when stuff like that happens, it's like, of course, take 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 a moment and say, yeah. this sucks. Mm-hmm. Why is this happening to me? Yeah. Feel bad for yourself, mm-hmm. but then, but then you got to then, then you have to pick yourself up. You can't because if you just continue that that train of thought, then then it's over. Yeah, yeah. You, you you're just gonna sit around and and think like that all the time. Mm-hmm. So, and for me, I mean, I think for a lot of creative people, lucky for us, is we at least have that to say. Well, you know what? I'm gonna use it to create something at least. Mm-hmm. So do you yeah. think that uh, writing is like a fundamentally hopeful thing to do? Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm. I mean, on one, on, it, it, it's it's, and I was I was speaking to a friend about this. It's like on one hand, you don't want these these burdens. You don't want, you don't want to have to deal with this this kind of stuff in life. Yeah. But but on the other hand, like especially for for creative people, it's like like my new book didn't exist had none of that happened. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but I'm really proud of this book. I think it's like the best thing I've written it's so far. Mm-hmm. So I, you kind of have to look at it like that as well. It's like, well, that wouldn't exist if none of this happened. Not saying that, you know, I'm glad it happened. No. But since it did, I might as well use it to try and, you know. Yeah. No, I, 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 I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, we're. I suppose you have to you have to find you have to um create a meaning. That's the difficult yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for me, that that's what it was. It was I mean, it was the book. Yeah. So I mean, like I said, I'm not putting my head that this stuff happened, but I mean, since it did, and there were, it was it was all out of my control, mm-hmm. I might as well have used it to my advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you know have you heard of Amanda Knox? What about Amanda Knox? She's like, she, do you you've heard the name before? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So she's like a. I guess she's a bigger, she's better known in America than here. But I I listened to a podcast interview with her, and I think now she's helping people who have been wrongfully accused of crimes in the same way that she was. Oh um, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, oh, I, I, I like to think that maybe I would do this even if it hadn't 
like if I hadn't been wrongfully accused. But I also kind of thought, well, why would you like to think that? Why wouldn't you instead like to think that you're transforming what happened to you into a meaningful thing you wouldn't have otherwise done? You know, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what it comes down to mm -hmm. for me. I mean, I think that's for for a lot of people, though. I mean, even like I mean, you bring up her, who's a perfect example. Even outside of being creative, people. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like when um, when when drug addicts reform themselves and then become drug counselors, or you know, like mm -hmm. it's like, well, I'm going to use this experience to help others, or you know, something good come out of it. Yeah. So, um, sorry, go for it. No, no, go on. Um, your character in this book is described as misanthropic. Mm -hmm. Would you? I suppose you. I suppose you probably were last year. Do you still describe yourself as that? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's like a. You kind of strive, struggle with it. It's like I don't want to be this way. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's just like there's really no other way to be. Yeah. I think especially like if you've um if you've dealt with depression and then these these tragic things happen to to you or around you you have a tendency to feel that there's something tragic about you as a person oh, maybe oh yeah absolutely mm -hmm. I mean I've I've had long long discussions about that with just like friends and even uh, therapists it's mm -hmm. like what the hell is it about me that attracts either you know, unfortunate circumstance or other people that are just, just damaged. Hmm. It's like some, you know, sometimes I, you, I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but um, where you feel like you're like, oh, you feel like you're a flame, you know, and you're just like attracting all these moths. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I used to think I was a crazy magnet as yeah. well. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I still think that. I think it's... um. I mean, you seem like quite an open person as well. Do you think you are? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, that I, could be why, though. No, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. Um, Where, yeah, people, other people see that in, in you or, or, or myself, and they're like, oh, this person is not very, you know, they're, they're not overly critical or judgmental about people's problems. So, like, mm -hmm. I'm going to open myself up to this person. Yeah, and I'm going to like steal this person's essence yeah. <laughs> for myself. So, so that, I mean, that's a good point, though. Yeah. Because you tend to kind of like, I mean, especially if somebody, I mean, if you meet someone that's who's very open and, and it's like, oh, wait, I find this comfortable. I can be myself as well. Yeah. But then when people, more often than not, you'll find that, that most people have, have issues. <laughs> Some people are better at hiding it, but oh, absolutely. I think that, like, um, when it comes to my own dealing with what what happened to my own last year, um, I now kind of think, okay, either something like this has happened to a person I've just mm -hmm. met, or it's going to happen in their future. Um, mm -hmm. in which case, I want to be nothing but compassionate to them because I, I like. I, I, this person does not need me adding to their shit like in the slightest, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, um, oh yeah, absolutely. Was it, it was a bad year for you last year as well? Yeah, um so I mean my dad passed away in at the end of twenty eighteen. Oh, sorry to hear that. No, it's okay. Um but the thing is like my mother had also passed away like eight years ago. So mm. I was twenty nine with no parents. Um oh. and I just was like, What? Because like 
having having already lost a parent, I just kind of felt like, well, all right, that was like that was unfortunate. It happened when I was quite young. What are the chances of it happening again, though? You know, I'm glad I got like my one big misfortune out the way. So yeah. when it happened again, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is a bit much, you know? Um, yeah, enough is enough. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But it's um, and I also kind of thought, well, okay, I know what it's like to lose a parent at least but no no not it, like that doesn't even help either it, it was just no of course I'm, not yeah you, it yeah, was you differently you, painful you might hope you know. that it might. like oh maybe I'll, I'll be able to deal with it better this time yeah I, at the very least i i built i must have built up some resilience like i must have learned some sort of coping mechanism or something but it was mm-hmm. it was just totally different um so yeah i don't know i mean i, I i'm no closer to making meaning out of it than than anyone you know but I'm I'm on the other side of it at least. I yeah, know. I mean it's yeah. I, I I think last year was was not a good year for most people. It seems I, we weren't alone. No, <laughs> <laughs> it was like I looked around. I mean, even just other other people that I like, you know, other friends and stuff. It was just like, what the hell is happening here? Yeah, just a bad yeah. time. But um. I don't know. And, and this year's not any better, apparently. <laughs> well, yeah, it depends. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, being stuck inside and everything that was happening in the world, I just kind of feel like, oh, that pale, that pales in comparison to how I, to, to what is, to what's really gone down. Well, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Yeah. Well, um, especially about, like, yeah, about my own, my own stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the being stuck inside stuff, I guess, is so bad, but... Yeah. The world does seem to be going a little crazy. <laughs> um, it just—I mean, what do you think about this? Because like you—you've made efforts today, even to like reframe the way you think and to try and get yourself out of a bad mood, and it worked, right? It doesn't—it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't always work, but there's there's a certain amount of per, like perspective that you can just adjust by choosing to adjust in your own head, right? Yeah. What like this is a random question. Like, what? How much of what's going on in our heads do you think we can just adjust by changing our perception? Is it like half of our thoughts? Is it? Is that a bigger um, percentage? I mean, that that's a good question. I, I mean, I would I would probably say at least half, if not more. Yeah. Because even even if you're more, even if it's like a, even if it's like a chemical imbalance that's causing you to think the way you think or to have feelings about yourself, say, mm-hmm. you can alter that. There's ways to, there's ways to, you know, to fight that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing about it is it's not, it's, 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 a, it's an everyday battle. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you're just going to like fight it off one day and then it's just going to be gone forever. It's, it's a constant like you said about coping mechanisms, it's like you constantly have to keep in mind that, okay, this is what I have to do. Mm-hmm. And that in itself can become very tiring for, for a lot of people, which is, is another problem, you know? So it's just like, it's like, I mean, it changes isn't easy because I mean, if the simple fact is if it was, everyone would just do it and everything would be all right. <laughs> yeah. But it's, but it's not. I know so many people that don't even, they don't, they'll try. And then it's like, oh, wait, I got to do this all the time. No, I don't want to do that. 
<laughs> and then just go right back to doing their thing, you know? Yeah, but, like, look at the alternative, mate. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah. So, but I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a constant, it's constant work. And I understand that, yeah, it does get tiring. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like, I mean, there's other things you have to do in life. You have to get up, you have to work, you have to, you know, you, some people have to take care of children. It's, yeah, it's a big mess. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is. Um, it's funny to think you ever looked at adults and were like, oh, like, one day I'll understand all this. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I did that, yeah, when you're younger. You're like, okay, it'll make sense. No, yeah. it makes even less sense. <laughs> Absolutely. You're like, wait, nobody even knows if this is worth doing? Why? What? That seems kind have, of immoral. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I used to, I used to say, I'll, I'll, you have those negative, you know, like, um, I'm one of those guys, I'm, like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go fucking hang myself <laughs> if things get to be too intense or, and uh, I don't necessarily mean it, it's just that just something that you know it's habit at this point you know mm-hmm. but and then but i I've, I've had people say like i've never thought about doing that and mm-hmm. i'm like and to me that's strange <laughs> like that's, and yeah. then i'm like thinking i'm like am i like the only one that thinks like that or oh uh, um it makes me laugh for me I, I was really happy do you know uh melissa broder so sad today on twitter no, I don't. Oh my god, I loved discovering her. It's so sad today on Twitter. Like it's she does all these like funny. She makes jokes of like depressed thoughts that everyone has. Um, and she said like when she was really young, she just obsessed over the fact that the Holocaust had happened, and she was like, "Why is everyone okay with the fact that this happened? That humans once did this to one another, and like nobody, nobody could explain why they were okay with it, you know." Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> that's like, but yeah, yeah. Well, what do you? Yeah, that is a good question. Well, yeah, what are you supposed to do? Dwell on it all day? <laughs> yeah, could it I happen mean, again? Think, yeah, maybe. Oh, okay, think, I'll go get some milk then. I think that's one of the, like the actually like that's a one of the saddest thoughts I have sometimes is like where you're like people like like you hear about a mass shooting mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, that sucks. And then you just go about, you're like, oh, I'm just going to go butter my toast. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, it, it, that in, in itself is kind of like a sad, sad thought. The fact that, like, these people died and you're like, for a moment, you're like, yeah, that's horrible for their families. Okay, but I got to go live my life. Yeah, definitely. Um, like, hmm. like, you're, yeah, like, like you just brought up with the holocaust why is everyone okay with the fact that this is a thing (laughs) totally but what else are you supposed to do yeah i no nobody knows but that's the that's that's the thing about depression right is if you get your if you when your mind gets caught on these thoughts your mind is getting caught on thoughts that other people's minds are not getting caught on and there's no reason that that's happening other than like the chemical imbalance and yeah other people are just fortunate that they don't have to, yeah. Yeah. They don't have to experience that. I mean, and especially for depressed people, it's just so it's just so easy to fall into that negative thinking. Mm-hmm. It's like the smallest little thing can spark a negative thought, and then it's like, and then it can just spiral. And before you know it, you're like, 
I don't want to like get off the couch or, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't want to eat or whatever it is that. Yeah. And, and then it's harder. It's just so easy to fall into it, but so much harder to crawl out of it. Mm-hmm. So like for me, it's like since I'm, I have been this last year, I worked on myself and getting myself to a place where I don't easily fall for my own bullshit. Mm-hmm. That um, that I just I I, I keep I'm just I, I try to keep going and, and keep working at it because looking back now it's like oh, all those years like even like I think about now like all those years I've spent like just like depressed and just like in a hole and all the things I could have gotten done whether it just be like creatively or personal just like working on personal relationships all the time that was wasted because I was just so like comfortable in my own misery yeah if that makes sense <laughs> but again the de- like as somebody who's also been depressed for ages like it, the depression was making you comfy in it like it was it, yeah like you say it's oh yeah yeah absolutely it's a it's a thing where it's like you don't want to be there but it's the, it's what you know well so it's like you say um it's so like even if it's the, the problem with being in like a dire mental places is that they're so familiar or like you, your mind is convincing you that it's okay that you don't do anything about it. So like you say, when you're going to tell exactly. some people like, oh, I think I'm going to go hang myself. They're like, I've never had that thought that that would not come out my mouth. And you're like, really? Yeah. Cause it came out of mine like five times today. <laughs> yeah. Right. Five times this morning. <laughs> yeah. So. And, oh. Yeah. Go on. So, so no, I mean like, I, I think, Obviously, I'm. I'm. I guess I'm projecting my my advice that that has been my advice to myself is to try and just be kinder to yourself. But the, this thing is, the thing puts voices in your head that sound like you, that that keep itself alive, and one of the ways it does that is by convincing you not to get help and by convincing you that and by rationalizing all the ways that that the world is a piece of shit and there are many great reasons if you want to look at it that way. Um, so I don't know. I think that um, yeah. For me, it's just really essential to be kind to myself and go, well, I totally agree that like time spent depressed is a waste of time. It feels it like it's, it's going to be, it feels like you're in, involved in some great insight that other people don't have, but it's not. It's just a fucking waste of time. It, and, no, yeah, it really is. And yeah. like, I, after realizing that like this last like year and a half or so, it's like all that time is like, yeah, like you say, it's just wasted time and all the things I could have gotten done and and now it's like, uh, what, you know, but I try not to dwell on that too much because then, because then I start to, you know, you know, I want to kick myself in the ass too long. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's it's not easy. That's basically what it comes down to. No, absolutely. But you just, I guess, you just have one of those brains that's against you, though. You just kind of. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. Whoops. I mean, you know. That's, that's, <laughs> Based, that's really what it is, but it's good to, I mean, if you can, if you can, like, realize that, then I, most people could, would be all right. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I am, I started taking medication at the end of last year because, like, basically, I mean, as you know, like, last year, I suppose, last year for you was not depression so much as grief, you know, it's like a real, there was a, a, a rational reason for it in one respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it was the same. But then when it got to the end of the year, it just wouldn't go away. And I was like, right, I've had enough of this. I, I don't feel that this is like 
useful sadness anymore. So um, I started taking medication and then I was like, wait, is this as sad as other people get? Like this? Because I'd like, it's like installed a floor in my brain where I couldn't get sadder than that. And I was like, this is fine. Why is anyone complaining about anything? Like, is this as low as it goes for other people? Like, I couldn't even get this high before. (laughs) That's exactly how I felt. You know, because I had gotten, like like you, I had actually gotten back on medication because I had, you know, like I said, I've been on off medication for, for years. And last year, I finally got back on it after everything happened. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you, the, the way you put it is perfect. It's like, wait, this is like, I can actually deal with stuff? Yeah. Why haven't I been doing this this whole time? Oh, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, it's because... Uh... Well, for me, it was just like, okay, I I know I'm very sad. I know I can't talk. I know I can't get out of bed. And I know that people would like me to do things. Don't worry, I deserve it. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, why? I don't know. I, you just do. Don't, don't, don't seek help for this. This is like your penance for something. <laughs> for something. Exactly. exactly. I mean, it goes back to like, I mean, in the, in the new book, it's like the main character is very much like that. He's... He's sort of carrying all those burdens and saying, well, he deserves it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a line in the book that's basically that says that word for word. It's like, this happened because something I did, you know, surely he can't think of what it could have been, but it must be something I did, you know, 20 years ago. Mm, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I mean, and, sorry. No, no. Yeah, for, yeah. For me, it was that like the constant rumination on all the stupid things that you've done. Um, mm. But then when I started taking the medication and I was able to think about other things, I was like, well, how how often do I look at my past and all the stupid things people have said to me? Because it's many more. Not only that, like, how, where's my award for not saying all the things I don't say? Because that's it's a much bigger right. list. <laughs> Well, the times I've opened my mouth, they don't—they don't realize how many times I haven't opened my mouth. Exactly, you don't get an award for that. Like you don't—you yeah. just get to cringe for all the times it goes wrong, but it's far fewer, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, God, people said so much stupid shit to me as well. I feel like I'm—I feel like I did a reasonably good job. Uh, like at <laughs> like at my dad's memorial, more than one person came up to me and they were like, "Oh, so your dad like passed away of a heart attack?" It's funny because like. I need to get my heart checked soon. And I was like, was this like a nice reminder for you? Like, why are you saying that to me? What is wrong with you? Like, yeah, that, is pretty, that is a pretty weird thing to say. I was like, ah, must get milk. Because dad died. <laughs> what? Like, what? It was so strange. Like, the, the, like, my dad was, he worked in like the London advertising world. So it's just enormously narcissistic. So these men were just all talking about themselves all the time. And I was like, Okay, well, I want to die, but it was nice meeting you, I guess. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you wow. I, I mean, it was kind of like, I think I, in the end, I was just like, at least, like, at least, you know, it, like, I met, I just feel like I met a lot of people who were older than me and dealing with it worse. And that was kind of nice. That was reassuring yeah. in a way. I was just like, well, at least, at least I'm never going to say that to anybody. <laughs> At least I'm not that guy. <laughs> at least my dad. At least my dad wasn't that guy. Because then who would I be? You know, Jesus. So. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's one of the things. I mean, social media has me thinking like that sometimes. It's like people 
literally post everything about their lives. And I'm like, well, at least I'm not that person. <laughs> yeah. Because all the times I thought about, I mean, I know it's an awful thought to have sometimes, but it's like all the, all the times I thought about hanging myself, I was like, how is this person not hanging themselves? <laughs> like, like, like it, it's, it's amazing. I, I actually have my shit together. <laughs> when the day comes and they're passing the nooses around, I'm, I, yeah. I shouldn't be at the front of that line, at least, you know? <laughs> and, like, and Indy says that to me all the time. Like, she'll be like, oh, I just saw something. And it's like, I never thought I'd say this, but I have my shit together. Like, look at this person. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they... If people are putting stuff out in, onto the internet, you're allowed to do whatever you want with it, really. And if, if you're reassuring yourself that you're not as dumb as them, that's I mean, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like, you're posting on social media, you know, mm. you, you know, be, be prepared to be uh, lambasted. <laughs> I don't know how I've, I don't know how I've managed to preserve this, but I just, I just imagine I'm posting to like, an entire audience of people who like love me and want the best for me. So I'm just like, hey, this, this super exciting thing happened to me. Well, well yeah, I think yeah, yeah, a lot of people like think that. And they're like, wait, no, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's not it, but it's still the way I like to act. I don't know why. It just seems like. Oh, no. I mean, if that's what helps you, then yeah. I don't know, but then like, I, I... sorry. Oh no, go on. Um, I I think when you act that way, people are like, wow, this guy seems super naive it seems like he doesn't understand that like um you know the world doesn't work the way he seems to be acting that it does and it's like jesus i know but um i feel like i feel like i just uh don't know if i could like these things that happen to me in life they make me more sincere than ever Mm -hmm. i feel you're also a photographer yes do you keep do you keep up with photography oh yeah I actually produce more photography than I do anything else creatively. Mm-hmm. Um, I think cre- like uh, photography is just so much. There's a there's a sort of playfulness to it that's just so easy for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I can take you know like especially with like when you write. <clears throat> I mean, and you know this because you're a writer yourself. It's like there's a lot of work that goes into it, mm-hmm. and you can only do it at certain times. It's like. Um, but with with photography for me, it's just like I you take take your camera anywhere, mm-hmm. and which I do. I carry it all the time. So, mm-hmm. um, but there's a lot more work that goes into writing. You know, what kind yeah. of um... a lot more thought too. Whereas, like I can just like take my camera out and I can just fire off shot, you know, one after the next, and then go home and go through you know you take 150 photos in a day and you probably have at least one or two that are decent mm-hmm. whereas writing takes a little bit more time you know you can sit there at, at a computer and stare at the screen for three hours and get you know 50 words written yeah so um yeah i'm always i'm always changing stuff hmm. i actually i mean I don't even know why I go back to writing, to be honest with you. Right? You know, like, because sometimes I get so, like, I get so aggravated with it. Mm-hmm. It's like, why am I doing this? It's like, why does it have to be so hard? But there's, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something about it that I always just return. 
what is it that you find hard about it? Do you find that like the it isn't rewarding enough? No, I mean the thing about writing is it's very rewarding if you if you can if you get it finished. Yeah. Um, I think it's just like I'm, and it also depends on what you're writing. Like for me, like lately, it's just like I'm I'm, I'm writing these things that are sort of like story driven and plot driven. Like plotting things is is awful. <laughs> you know, it's just an awful awful thing. <laughs> It can be, you know, you bang your head against the wall. Um, that's for me. That's basically what it is. It's 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 plotting stuff. That, you know, if mm-hmm. I could just sit down and write stream of consciousness, that that'd be fine. But that's not what I'm doing. Yeah, it's like um, playing tennis with the net down or something. They say. <laughs> yeah, it's oh. just so. Um, and it's different for everyone too. So I, I'm only obviously speaking for myself. I can't say. I don't know how how is it for you when you write. Um. Yeah, it can be the same. Like I think that sometimes stories work and sometimes they don't, and you don't know why. I feel like I'm just thankful that I know when it isn't working and when it is, because then at least yeah. I don't send stuff out that is unfinished. But I don't understand why some things get finished easily and some things don't. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. people think it's there's no you know there's no answer really to that. No, no, and I think that um, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't trust anyone who does have answers. I mean, like in life in general, you know, but also from having written so long, um, just there aren't any answers to it, and there aren't any rules, and uh, that's the great thing is it's like all right, there aren't any answers, there aren't any rules. What do you want to write? It's exactly. like anything you want, which, really, you know. Which is the one of the best things about writing. Yeah, definitely. It's like, wait, I can do anything I want right now. And, like, you should, because, like, there's so many writers. What's something only you can do? Well, mm-hmm. start with something that really interests you, for one, you know. Because um, that will that will get conveyed in the language, for sure, I think. Nobody, yeah. wants, to, nobody wants to read something that was written begrudgingly. And no, of course not. And nobody's asking you to write, so don't write anything begrudgingly either, you know? Exactly. <laughs> um, and I think, yeah, I think you could tell, too. Yeah. When something was written under those conditions. I mean, for me, I think I could tell anyway. I'm also one of those writers where it's like, if I don't have anything personal to say, I find it hard to write. Yeah. Some people are really good at, like, just making things up. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, writing is obviously making things up, but yeah. if they're, like... Some writers, it's easier for them to come from a, a place that's not so personal. They're just like, oh, I'm just going to write a fantasy, or I'm going to write whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And they just make these things up as a and, and they're good storytellers. Yeah. But um, I think there's, but then there's a group of writers who really like to dig, dig deep from a personal level, and they want it, they want to implement those, those things into the story. Mm-hmm. So... I, and that's the kind of writer I am. Like, if I don't have anything personal to say, I, I don't want to be that writer either. That's like, well, I don't have anything to say, so I'm not going to write. Because then, you know, then you, you're not writing for however long, you know? What else? Like, I'm waiting for a tragedy to happen, so I have something to say. Yeah. It's not really a good way to go about it either. So there there should be a balance, which I'm actually kind of finding with this, this new one I'm working on. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm still... 
obviously working through stuff from last year. Yeah. So there's some like there's some leftover stuff, but um, but I'm finding it a little bit easier. Maybe just like, well, I'm just gonna roll with it and see where it goes. Mm. My theory is that good stories are things that you discover rather than things that you already know, and I think that that's like that's what should motivate people to to sit down and write and that's the work you do is discovering the story and then you present it to people like hey look what i discovered it's not like it's not look what i already knew it's not look at this sad thing that happened to me you know it's like look what i found through the creative process um well that's interesting that's uh that really helps me and that's why like um i feel like a lot of people there there's so many ways to hide from from trying to write well, right? And I think one way that people do it is by just throwing a bunch of references at you, like, oh my God, I've read this, I've read that, and I understand how this writer did this technique and how that writer uses words that way. And it's like, well, that might help, but you're going to have to just go and do things your own way. And and when you do that, I don't know how much it helps that you understand how well somebody else did it, you know? Um, I don't see a strong overlap between like having read a lot and writing ability you know yeah that's a good point Mm -hmm. i think i mean i think uh, a lot of people especially when they first start writing the struggle is finding your your voice Mm -hmm. as opposed to emulating everything you've read before yeah which i mean i think a lot of writers like especially first-time writers struggle with Mm-hmm. Like, well, I want There was this thing I saw this post on Facebook actually not too long ago, probably, probably like a week ago, and it was like people were like, um, it was someone someone had made a post about a writing workshop that they were a part of, and they were talking about how some of the people in there were like, well, what should I write? Should I write a horror story? Mm-hmm. Should I write it? And it's like that's not the like, you should already know. You shouldn't be in a writing workshop to find out what you should be writing. Yeah. That that to me is a weird way to approach writing. <laughs> well, another one you get is like when non-writers are like, okay, why should I, like, why do people write? Sell me writing. And you're like, I can't explain why oh, people do yeah, this. Yeah. That's, just, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That seems to me like it's more about people wanting, like, they want the, they just want the credit of being a writer or the look or whatever, however you want to put it. Like, oh, I'm a writer. But it's like, you should the the story kind of should when you sit down like you were saying before it's like you write to kind of discover things Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like i I remember like i'm not like stephen king for example um i'm not like a huge stephen king fan but you can't deny the things he's done obviously Mm -hmm. um someone asked him why he wrote horror and he's like why do you assume that i chose to write horror that's just what comes out yeah and that's like a perfect, a perfect, uh, like a perfect thing for me as a writer. It's like, yeah, that's exactly how it is. It's like you have these writers that are like, well, should I write horror? Should I write? What kind of question is that? It's strange to me. Yeah. It's like just sit down and let your mind go. I was, uh, I was talking on the. If you you've been on the Bazong podcast as well, right? I think. Been on what? Bazong. The podcast, Frank Edler's podcast. Uh, oh no, I've never been on that actually. 
Well, you haven't. If you got in touch with him, he'd, he'd happily chat to you. I mean, I know you're talking Shrek. Yeah, I've met, I've met Shrek. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> convention. Cool. But, uh, yeah, no, I've never been on his, on his podcast. Hmm. I was talking to him recently in what was... Well, now that I brought that up, I've forgotten what my point was. Uh, oh, no, that's what it was. Yeah. So um, I was talking about how I really... I'd started self-publishing, but I wanted to... I was like, right, how do you do the traditional route? Because I kind of thought there's no easy way to there's no easy way to get an audience but i'm not good at marketing at all i'm not good at selling myself unless somebody else wants to back up like what i've written um yeah so then yeah, i started I'm the same, yeah, I'm the same yeah. so i started looking into like these magazines and they're like right okay read these magazines and then try and write the kind of story that they would like and i was like i don't think i know how to do that i don't think i can do that mm. how do i write something somebody else would like i don't know how to do that so no yeah, I can't do that either. I guess I'm fucked. Just, <laughs> it's just like, but I mean, it's it, 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 it's weird. It's like it sucks sometimes because it's like anthologies. Like that's I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of them, and mm-hmm. like I never I never try for them because it, there's always a theme. It's yeah. like we want stories like whether it's like a horror anthology, like we want stories about vampires or whatever it may be. It's like well, I don't really I don't have a story to tell about that particular thing mm-hmm. so for me it's kind of like 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 you were saying it's like how do i i don't know how to write i don't know how to write things that other people want mm-hmm. i can only write what i want or so it, yeah it makes it hard in a sense to like like you're saying even with the marketing thing anthologies are a great way to get your name out there mm-hmm. but i'm not really good at like taking someone else's suggestion like we need a story about you know whatever topic it may be mm-hmm. i kind of have to arrive at it naturally yeah but also like people think that um people think that what they want is like what looks traditionally good right i mean like I, i've i've got this filmmaking club that i started uh like last year and uh, a few people are very kind of obsessed with like okay you You've got you buy this camera, you 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 put this lens on it, and you set it up pointing this way at a person's face, and that person is telling this kind of a story, and then like that's how you do it. And it's like, no, I think people, I know that's what everything looks like. But that doesn't mean that that's what you should do, you know? Um, yeah. And the six like the success of that film, Uncut Gems. Have you seen it? I have not seen it yet. Okay. It, it is on my list. It's not. I love that. What was the last film? Uh, Good Time was the last film by the Safdie brothers. Um, yeah. And Uncut Gems is their latest one. I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of Uncut Gems, but it's so. It seems to have gotten so popular and getting so many people talking about it because it's unlike anything else that's available at the moment. Like the colors are different, the way the cameras use is different, the dialogue, the setting, the story, like everything about it is so different, and that's why people go towards it now. <sighs> It's complicated, right? Do you do you copy what other people are doing so that you people acknowledge that you you obviously understand yeah. what constitutes traditional like technical skill, or do you just do your own thing until people see people that notice, no one yeah, else is doing that? It. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm more of the opinion that you just do what you want to do until and hopefully someone notices it. Yeah, and 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 sometimes you what you naturally are doing is already in tune with other with what others are doing and sometimes you're totally like left field like 
Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, you know, there's not many, like Burroughs, you know, I mean, there's not, there's no one like him before or after. Yeah. He, I mean, Burroughs is in his own, his own category. Yeah. You know, and there's definitely people that have like tried to do or kind of came close to doing what he's doing, but yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a tough question. I mean, for me, I think it's just do what you want to do or what comes natural to you and just hope that someone notices. I mean, it's like like with uh, the things we bury, it's like it's like it's not particularly particularly original in in its setup or delivery. It's just a classic kind of crime noir, you know? Mm-hmm. But it was just a story that I arrived at naturally. So mm-hmm. that's that's the story I told. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, you know, um, I don't know where the hell I'm going with that now. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay, it's losing the plot. So that's what we do. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> but- For me, like, especially with writing, it's like, the plot, like the plot, especially the one, the last book, it's like, it's not, like I said, it's not really original, but it's, it's just, it's a story that I had to tell. Well, it's like, I would say like, it borrows from the noir genre in terms of, in some elements, but it's, it's that framework that you borrow in order to, you know, tell the, yeah. demonstrate your own like observations as well. It, I mean, and that's essentially what the book really was. It was like, it, I've always loved noir and I always loved crime, mm-hmm. but I never told a story in that way before. But everything that I was dealing with, it just it seemed perfect for a crime story, a noir story, and it just worked for me. It worked, mm-hmm. so that's what I that's what I delivered. And and same thing with the new one is actually it's it, it's essentially another crime story. So you sticking with crime? I think so. I think I'm like it might be where I'm gonna be at for a bit. Cool. And how feel, about uh? Sorry. <laughs> no, no. I was just saying I, I I feel comfortable. I never I never um like I never wrote one before, but it just like with the last book, it just seems it, it just it seems like a place I should be. Mm-hmm. So. So I'll stick with it for. I'm not saying that I, that's all I'm gonna write. They have other. Um, things, you know, other genres and stuff that I love that I would love to um, tap into, but right now it's it's where I'll be. Hmm. How about uh, Nihilism Revised? You staying with them? Um, I, yeah, I'm probably going to work with, with Stephen again. Um, he was like I mean, he was just really easy to work with, so mm-hmm. it wasn't, I mean, I guess there's not really much of a, there's no reason to go out. I mean, but I mean, it is nice, because before him, I, I, I published with, I mean, I'm still friends with, uh, I don't know if you know Jordan Crawl. I heard of him, yeah. Okay, he runs Dynatox Ministries, mm-hmm. who, um, he's published all my work before, for the new one, mm-hmm. so, but, um. It's always nice to like brand out of time. I was, you know, I'm gonna try somewhere else, you know, because mm-hmm. you don't want to like. It, it's good just to have to have yourself out there under different 
publishing companies, if possible, you know. Plus, Jordan and I become really good friends. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of those things where I'm well, now he's just publishing you because you guys are friends. And you, you don't want to deal with that either. You know, it's like, yeah. you, you, I could hear people saying, I mean, not that it matters, but it's like, oh, well, you know, look, the rope wasn't really that good, but, you know, you're really good friends with the, the, the owner of the publishing company. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I thought it would have been. Mm-hmm. And it was something I just wanted to do for myself too, for that reason. Yeah. It was like, will someone, will someone else like this other than you know? Because after a while, it's like, do you trust the opinion of someone that you're now really close with? Yeah, I see your point. Or is, you know, or is he just you know? I I spend time with him. I spend time with him and his family. You know, it's like at some point, it's like, is he now? Is he just publishing me because we're really good friends, or is it because my writing's still good? Well, the thing is, like, you, you see indie publishers, like, publishing people that they then become friends with and then continue to publish them. And, like, of course you do, because people can be great writers and complete dicks. So, like, oh. why do you want to work with them? Why would, like, some somebody being a tried and tested, cool, normal person is of immense value, you know? No, no, I mean, yeah, that's, that, that's absolutely true. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I, but I think, uh, I mean, with things we barely, it went really well. And I mean, me and Steven are pretty much on the same page. So, I mean, I told him that I definitely would want to work with him again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's a couple other uh, publishing companies that I definitely have like my eye on in terms of like submitting stuff to, but yeah. Um, I, don't, I try not to think too far ahead about that stuff. It's like, gotta write the book first or whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah, definitely. I kind of, uh, having done this so long, and I kind of think like, hey, writing is really cool because you can express yourself and get your ideas out in a way that communicates to other people. Also, there are these things called publishing and sometimes people make money from it. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like totally yeah, to exactly. one side. <laughs> um. um money making seems to be for other people i definitely don't make that much yeah i think you either just get blessed or not like i say like are you lucky enough to write stuff that's marketable or are you not because i write stuff that's like so um intertwined with horrible material that like i couldn't cut it out and still be telling the same story (laughs) so (laughs) i guess i'm not lucky (laughs) yeah but i mean it's just being true to yourself I mean, for me, that's really what it comes down to. Right, definitely. I think that I think that people can tell that I'm having. I think people can tell that it's like it has to be there. The material has to be there, and that I'm like trying to have a lot of fun mm-hmm. and be like, "Do you get? Do you feel like this sometimes?" <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, the thing, the th- and the thing I like about like like nihilism revised, for example, the reason I decided I wanted to is like I obviously I knew I knew uh, for through Facebook mm-hmm. and um, I just like, I could have, I could have like went with another publishing company that definitely pushed like their, their bread and butter was like say crime fiction. Like I could have went strictly with a crime or mm-hmm. noir fiction kind of publishing company. But I also just, I respect what he does. And I like the fact that he just publishes all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And that's the thing that, because Diana Cox was, is the same way. Jordan runs, I mean, that's basically the way he runs Diamond Cox. Yeah. And uh, 
if I'm not mistaken, I think Burke even had said at some point that Dynatox was basically the model for nihilism revised. Because mm-hmm. like um like Burke, Jordan loves all sorts of he loves science fiction, he loves horror, he loves crime fiction, he loves you know, poetry. So it's like I just want to publish good stuff no matter what genre yeah. it is. Mm. And that was the other thing that um I wanted to go with because it was still kind of familiar because it was very similar to Dynatox, but also it was it was just a, a, it was just outside my comfort zone. Yeah. Which is a good thing, good thing to do. Um, which seems to be sort of a motif of, uh, in my life right now, like trying to push myself to do things that I wouldn't normally do, like just even like thinking, you know, like I push myself to think differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try for this, but um. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I totally agree. I think that, like, through... I feel like through Nihilism Revised, I've found my own people. And, like, mm-hmm. um, I love the stuff that they publish, and I read it, like, all the time. And I've been reading a long time, and I, I can go buy books from big publishers if I want, but um, you don't get stuff that looks like that elsewhere, and that's what yeah. I want. And it's, like, it's the same thing that I do with this podcast or with my own writing, is people will be like, okay, what's your... What's your podcast about? What kind of people do you talk to? It's like, all right, why should I make those decisions? Well, because if you do that, and you then you can like market it to people, and then you'll get a bigger audience. All right, if I'm willing not to have a big audience, do I get to talk to anyone I want? Yeah, but you know, you're not going to get a big audience. Fine, but that's like I'm willing to. I'm okay to do that, except the consequences. You know, it's, it's the same with the same with nihilism revised. It's like if you don't publish a specific type of fiction, people won't really know what you're doing, and you're like, right, but. I can still do that and have people not know what I'm doing, right? That's mm. still an option, <laughs> you know, if yeah, I feel like doing that. It sounds like, it sounds like the better option to me. Oh, definitely, yeah. It's, you know, um, like, mm. being, like you're saying, like being able to talk to whoever you want, I mean, I think that's a better payoff. Yeah, I think that, like, if, you, um, if you're looking for, like, a, a big audience and money, like, writing was never a great way to do that, and even yeah, less so now so well that's the thing about i mean being creative it's like if you're in it for like what for, for you know for a job it's like well then you know no don't do that well the, the thing for me like because i think as you saw as well like i have a book out now like i can't even i can't even really like talk about the things that are in it outside of that book to people yeah. so when was i ever going to get to get those thoughts out if not writing them and like when was i ever going to get to express that to other people because i can't talk to people about it i can't even like i've been on podcasts and i'll be on them again where i talk about the book i still can't say things that are in it you know no um, yeah absolutely i yeah i mean i i'm i feel the same the same way mm-hmm. and it's it's um fuck <laughs> i'm losing i'm losing my thoughts again jesus Sorry. So we've been talking a long time. We we we'd come to the end anyway. I was just enjoying myself. Trying to answer, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It definitely wasn't it definitely wasn't as bad as I thought. I get I get anxious about shit. So I mean yeah. that's just part of the, the you know anxiety and depression. Like, oh shit. Yeah. But well that's the thing about being creative as well, or like why people avoid writing, because they're like, wait, I don't know what I'm going to write. Why would like I don't have any thoughts? It's a bit like if somebody says, um, Somebody, 
I don't know if this will make sense. If somebody says like, list every word that you know, you couldn't do it, but you still know that you've got like 10,000 plus words to play with in your head, right? It kind of feels yeah. like, why am I going to say anything? I don't know any words. <laughs> Nothing's ever happened to me. You know, it's, yeah. it just feels that way, you know? Yeah, it does sometimes. Yeah. The Things We Bury is out now with Nihilism Revised. Uh, I highly recommend it. I hope you will check it out. Thanks as always for listening. If you uh, want to get in touch with me about anything related to the show, you can always do so using losingtheplotpodcast at gmail.com and I look forward to hearing from you. Uh, But that's all for me for this episode, so until next time.